Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. We're studying the book of Galatians today. A great letter, so relevant for the time that we're living in right now and the shape the church is in. So I encourage you to grab your Bibles and, and follow along with us. If you live anywhere near Queen City or Atlanta, Texas, I encourage you to be here on Friday mornings if you can. At all possible, this is not really a crossway church thing. This is a Bible study. So every Friday morning we're here at 9 o'clock. And uh, and you can come and just sit in and, and study the Word for an hour, and we'd be honored to have you. And uh, we're just really uh, studying the Word and hearing what the Lord has said in the Word. We really don't learn uh, the Word when we come to hear the Word. We learn when we leave, and by faith we trust in what we've heard. And learning is a process of experience. Learning, we don't learn anything in the chairs at church or whenever... Uh, we're in the Word, we hear. And then when we go about our lives, if we, by faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary, if that's the object of our faith, then the Holy Spirit will work in our lives and we can live out what we've heard. We can live. But we don't really learn anything in, in here today. We hear in here and then we leave and then we'll see if we'll submit to the teaching, uh, not to me, but to the Word and then that's when the learning process takes place. So uh, don't forget to go to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. That's where all the messages, all the worship services, even the Romans teaching presently ongoing is being uploaded. You can go at any time and watch any of that. It's all there as of probably a couple of years ago, so it's piling up. There's a lot there. It's free for you, and uh, I really encourage you to go there. The Romans teaching that's ongoing right now is very uh, powerful, very uh, uh, bringing forth much knowledge, things that we've just heard and, and that the Bible says or things that we thought the Bible said. We need to know what the Bible says, and you can't do that until you open the book and get in it. And then you don't have to live by hearsay. Then you can live by uh, what God is speaking to you. So uh, uh, don't forget that I have a Philippine trip. I'll be in the Philippines for two weeks. Here in about ten days I'll be leaving. And uh, so uh, during that period we won't be having our Friday morning teachings. And so uh, I encourage you to uh, uh, pray for me and those that will be going with me for a two-week period in the Philippines, expecting God to do great and mighty things. So if you have your Bibles, we're in Galatians chapter 3, and we'll begin in, chapter, in verse 12 rather today. And we might even back up to begin with in verse 11. But before we get there, while you're turning in your Bibles, I want to remind us that we're still in chapter 3. This is session 29 in the book of Galatians that we've been in. This is the 29th teaching session just in this book alone. And it is the first day of June 2018. That is our website. Uh, that You can also go and watch the last year's worth of messages or you can donate online there. And this is our physical address, 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. I like doing that every week because it lets us know where we are, what day we were doing this, and uh, and exactly where we are we can look back and see. So let's look at verse 11 in Galatians chapter 3. And Paul is telling, he's writing to the Galatians. This is a letter to a church who'd been distracted by men who were coming out of Jerusalem who were still trying to say you're, you, Christ is not enough. You must be saved by what you do. 
you must keep the law. You must keep doing the law. You must be circumcised. You must keep the law of Moses. Jesus wasn't enough for them. And they were coming and attacking and distracting and pulling people away from simple faith in Christ and what He had done on the cross for them. So this letter was written really by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul to these believers, these saved, born-again, Spirit-filled believers in Galatia. So that's what this whole letter is about. That's why I said earlier, it's this is a very relevant letter portion of the Bible for all the church today. For very few people you will ever meet that claim to be Christian, can you walk up to and ask them, how do you live for God? And they'll start telling you, well, you go to church, well, you read your Bible, well, you fast and pray, you give tithes and offerings. No, I didn't ask you, what do you do? I ask you, how do you live for God? And that's what Christians don't know. Because you can't live for God based on what you do. You can only live for God based on your faith in what Christ did. Then the Holy Spirit gives you the power to be obedient, to live according to the Word. If that's not where our faith is, then yes, we may be trying to do this, but we never keep doing it because we can't. We may go to church one Sunday, then we're out for a year. We may read the Bible for a week, then we're out for a year. And it's just an up and down, in and out, going around the mountain. But call, and there's only one reason for that. And it's because our faith is really not in the cross. It's in what we're doing. A good example of that is people that get in trouble by the law or in trouble, some horrible things happening, and they say, oh, I, I, I knew I needed to get back in church. Well, going back to church is not going to move God in your life. Because it, God doesn't tell us uh, that, that we overcome by being in the church. He says we overcome by being in the faith. And just because we go back to church don't mean that we are back in the faith. Amen, Brother Curtis. So I'm trying to get you to understand as a reminder this morning, it's not based on what you do, it's based on what you believe. And if you believe Christ died for your sins, I didn't say if you believed it 20 years ago, if that's what your faith is in right now, if you believe that Jesus died for you, you died with Him, you were buried with Him, and when He came out of the grave, you came out of the grave in Him to live with Him the rest of your days. Amen. It's not, it gets good to be in church. It's good to study the Word. It's good to fast and pray and give tithes and offerings. But if you're not in the faith, none of that is even acceptable by God from you. That means if your faith is not in the cross, God's not accepting anything you do. Nothing. Because he only, we can only serve God in the gospel. Paul said that in Romans 1 9. I'm just trying to get us to, uh, reminded this morning of why this letter was written. Because the church had ventured off track. They were in deception. They had been deceived. They were listening to voices. There are voices today that tell us you're not really saved unless you're water baptized. Well, that's not in the Bible. What is in the Bible is if you will believe upon Jesus Christ, you'll be saved from your sins. Not if you do something. So there are voices that would pull us away. There are voices that say it's not really all about the cross. It's about what you do. But it's not about what I do. It's about what Jesus did. And if that's my focus and that's where my faith is, then I will be found living for God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just me thinking I'm going to live for God. No, I'm not going to live for God because I can't live for God without the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God. 
And all God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. God does not work outside of truth. All God's works are done in truth. Truth has a name. Jesus. But the only thing that makes him our truth is what he did at Calvary. Nothing else. Not what we do. What he did. He died for us that we might believe in him. That we might be saved. That we might live saved. Amen. So again, that's why this whole letter was written. And when we read it, we must see it in that context. God, through Paul, is trying to call a church back to a place of true faith and true grace because they'd left it. And, and, and don't think for a minute the church is not in a worse shape than it was even when this was written today because it is. To prove it, you turn the television on. Is the preacher opening the Bible and pointing you to Calvary? If he's not... He's pointing you somewhere else. So, anyway, that's, that's a good opener for, for why the Bible in this particular portion of Scripture is relevant for us today. We're not right with God because we want to be right, because we cry, because we think we are. We're right with God if our faith is in the sacrifice. That's all that ties us to God. That's all that makes us righteous. That's all that puts us in the path of living for God. Nothing else. And folks who say, well, my faith has always been in the cross. Well, does your life prove that? Because if your faith is, in fact, in the death of Jesus, you are being driven by that faith that works by love. And people, know, when they see you coming, they know, first thing they think about you is that you're a Christian who's living this life. If that's not what they think when they see you coming, my friend, then you need to examine yourself, as Paul said many times in the New Testament, to make sure you're not in a church. He didn't say that, that you're in the faith. Praise God. Amen. Most people are not going to listen to this because they don't want they don't want this. Real, they just want some ticket to get out of hell. That's not what the Bible's about. The Bible is about living as a child of God with the expression of Jesus. Nobody's perfect, but we can have the fruit. Amen. Of the Spirit. So we back up to verse eleven in chapter three of Galatians, and here Paul is saying, "But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith." And notice what it says there. No man is justified by the law. And that's not just speaking of the Ten Commandments of Moses. That's speaking of any law that you think that you do something to get right with God. It won't work. You're not, you will never be right with God based on what you do. You're only right with God based on your faith in what Jesus did. He's the only one who fulfilled the law. We can't fulfill the law except our faith be in Him and the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. We find ourselves being obedient. So he's reminding these people. He's having to say these things because, the, again, these people are saying, listen, you can't. Just look to Christ. You have to hang on to the Ten Commandments. and You have to be circumcised. You have to do these things. And Paul says, listen, the, the, the commandments, the law is holy. It's just. It's good. The Bible says those things about the law. But the law can't save you. And the law can't give life. The law can't sanctify you. The law can only do this for you. 2 Corinthians 3, 9 says the law was a ministry of condemnation. You know why? Because the law says you'll do this and you'll try to do it and you can't do it. Then the law says you're condemned because you can't do it. You're guilty. 
You know, some people think that, that they're, they're just not guilty. Listen, if you were born into this world, you were born guilty. You didn't become a sinner when you started sinning. You came into this world a sinner, so you started sinning because of who you were, a sinner. And that's just who you were when you got here, because we're all born in sin. Amen. Everybody good this morning? Everybody all right this morning? <laughs> this is what most of the church don't want to hear. They're not going to come to a church like ours. They're not going to come to Bible teaching like this, because they, if they hear something like this, then they, God holds them responsible. They just like floating through life thinking it don't matter what I believe, God's going to honor it. That's not true. If that were the case, we can just rip Galatians out of the Bible. When Peter did a big piece of stupid and he jumped up and ran back and joined the ranks of the law keepers, listen, if it wasn't important, God wouldn't have had Paul jump up and rebuke him face to face in the, in the, in the company of all of the people there in Antioch that day, if it really didn't matter. And that's where most people are today. They think, well, at least I believe something. No, it, that, that's the devil. The devil will tell you that. It's not anything. There's only one object of faith God has ever given humanity. Only one. What did God offer Adam and Eve when they fell into sin? He offered one. He didn't give multiple choice. He rushed in. He gave them the verbal promise of a coming Savior, Redeemer, the seed of the woman going to crush your head, devil, and you'll bruise his heel. And that happened on the cross when Jesus crushed the head of the devil, took the power of death away from him, and Jesus was bruised and wounded for our sins and iniquities. But that wasn't all God did there in the Garden of Eden. He gave them a verbal promise, and then he turned, I said God, turned right around and killed an animal or two. The Bible doesn't say that it was a lamb, but probably it was because it was a type and a shadow of Christ who was the Lamb of God. God killed them. God sacrificed the animals. God performed the sacrifice, portraying to Adam and Eve, you're not going to pay for your sins. I'm going to do what it takes for you to get out of your sins. And God killed the sacrifice, and God clothed them. You read it in the book of Genesis with the skins of animals. That was all type and shadow symbolic of what would happen when Christ come 4,000 years later, and those who believe in him will be cloaked in his righteousness. You understand that? And, and the law never saved anybody. Even under the dispensation of law, when God brought about the law to show how holy He was and to show us how sinful we were, because the Bible says it's law that strengthens sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the law strengthens sin. So if you're trying to do something and please God in your doing and not faith in the cross, that will produce doing, don't miss what I'm saying here, but just your doing will not please God. It takes faith in the cross. If you're just trying to please God and live for God by what you do, then you're only strengthening sin, the sin nature. So we need to know those things today. And uh, uh, when God rushed into the garden, He didn't give a, a multiple choice. He gave one object of faith that was believing the promise that I've told you, and it's going to come through an innocent sacrifice. The sacrifice. God didn't say, and if you don't like that, I've got one more option for you. God didn't do that. Because Cain would not bring the sacrifice, and God, and somebody uh, other day asked the question, why didn't God give Cain a second chance? He did. God even showed up in Cain's face and said, why is your countenance dropped wroth? Why are you like you are? God already knew. He said, if you'll offer the right thing, 
You can get out of this. It's basically what you read in Genesis. And Cain, again, refused to bring the sacrifice. He brought the work of his hands. This is what I've done, God. God ain't interested in what we do. God's only interested in one thing, what his son did at Calvary. And our faith in that then allows the Holy Spirit to put us in a church, to put us in the Word, to put us in prayer. Outside of faith in the cross, we put ourselves in a church. Nothing's going to happen. We put ourselves in the Word. Nothing's going to happen. We put ourselves, we even give of our money. But God's not going to move based on that giving because our faith is not in the cross alone. One object of faith, God has given dominion. The Galatians had turned away from that object and went back to the law. God didn't give the law as an object of faith because faith brings life and the law can't bring life. Watch this. See, this is good this morning. I ought to just take off running right now. It's good to know what the Bible says. You know what? Well, you know what's better than knowing what the Bible says? What the Bible means. A lot of people know what the Bible says, but do they know what it means? It's all about Jesus. Amen. The whole Bible is about Jesus. This is our Jesus book. Because when we talk about faith, as we will here, let's go ahead and read the last part of uh, verse 11. The just shall live by faith. That came from the prophet Habakkuk. Back in Habakkuk, you read it in Old Testament, chapter 2, verse 4. And where were they at under, where were they at when he quoted that? They were in the dispensation of law. When the prophet quoted out, the just shall live by faith. They were under law then. But see, here's the thing we have to realize. There were like eight different covenants through the years that you can, you can study what those are. Uh, the covenant that God had with Adam and Eve, then the covenant God had with Noah, the covenant God had with David, Abraham, and all those, about eight covenants. And through all those covenants, there was still only one way of righteousness. And that was through faith in the sacrifice. There wasn't a different way now because the law had come in. And that's what the Judaizers were trying to say. Oh yeah, Abram was, uh, yeah, he got righteous before the law came around. But when the law came around, now there's a different way to get righteous. Oh no. All through the different covenants of the Bible, there's only one object of faith, and that's the sacrifice to Believe in the one God would send one day, being His Son, Jesus Christ. It, the avenue to God never changed. Just what God did through those different covenants, and you need to hear this, you need to know this, what God did in those different covenants was just expand the revelation of the one who was coming. And we'll see, even in this third chapter here in a couple of years, if we ever get that far, but the book, the, the law was given to make us see we're sinners and we have no hope, and it makes us reach for the promised Redeemer. It makes us look to someone who can justify us, justify us because we realize trying to live under the law, I can't do it. I could ask you this morning, I guess I will, how many of us have ever swore, I'll never do that again. I swear I won't. And you turned right around and you did it. I swore I'd never use God's name in vain. I swore I'd never drink that mess that smells like you know what. I, and you know what? I woke up one day and found myself drinking about 12 or 14 cans of that a day using God's name in vain. It don't matter what you say you will or won't do. You have no control of the consequences in your life. All we control is where will we put our faith? 
If we put our faith in the sacrifice of Christ, the Holy Spirit will bring about the consequences of that. If we refuse to put our faith there and we put it in what we do, then there's going to be consequences of that. And the Bible calls it sowing to the flesh and we will have the consequences of corruption. That's right. People don't really believe that. Ah, you don't really believe that, do you? Just according to how you live, it's going to affect your body. God says that envy and strife is the rottenness of the bones. If you're an envious person, it's going to bring bad health on you. And you're not getting out of it. It's going to happen because our bodies are tied to who we are as a, a living soul with a spirit. It's all tied together, functions that way. We need to remember that. So the just shall live by faith. Paul is having to tell these Galatians who are struggling. They've they got one foot out the door and one foot in. They're listening to the people who are telling them, you've got to keep obeying the law or your salvation ain't real. And they got Paul, on the other hand, saying, look, we're not justified by the law. We're justified by faith. And Habakkuk cried it out many, many years ago, even under the dispensation of law. Listen, Abraham was declared righteous before God, but the Bible says because he believed God. And the law came around 400 years later. But then again, you, I've already said this, I'm going to say it again, the Judaizers were trying everything. They, they, were, they didn't have a leg to stand on. And, and they were just still hung up under the law, like many preachers are even hung up under the law today. Even after they've been born again, they go back under law. They say, yes, the blood of Jesus saves you, but now, to live a saved life, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, and then God will. That's putting law before people, and that's not how God works. God works in your life every day the same way, without any difference, the way He worked when you got saved. Your faith in the sacrifice brought the Holy Spirit inside you to live in you, saved you, justified you, wrote your name in the Lamb's book of everlasting life, gave you an eternity with God, made you free from sin, made you a servant of righteousness, and if you move your faith from that, you step away from the benefits of all that. And if it didn't really matter, God wouldn't have taken the time to write this letter to the Galatians. It is important. And it doesn't matter if they are a preacher. I know preachers been preaching 40, 50 years do not know what I'm telling you this morning. And their ministries, are they've always struggled. But the people are out there, amen, glory to God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And all they're presenting is law. They're using God's Word as the letter of the law. If they're not pointing to the cross, then it's not the Holy Spirit teaching them or teaching through them. Every service, the people, every session we have, the people must leave the Bible study not thinking, i got to try harder. i got to do these things. They must leave the service, leave the teaching, saying, Thank God Jesus did it all. And that's where my faith is. He did it all. And if my faith remains there, He will continue to work out in me, through me, the will of God. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But it, it, listen. 
Don't take it the wrong way. It's not my faith is in the cross, so God's just got to do it. No, if your faith is in the cross, if you consider yourself, if you consider yourself dead to sin and alive to Christ, and you give God those things that are hindering your witness, you're, you're, you're limiting what God can do in your life because there's sin in your life, if you will come back to the cross where those things are dealt with, not going to the bookstore and trying to figure out how many things I got to do to get these things gone. The cross is where your sin was dealt with. Whatever issue you're struggling with right now, the cross is the answer. God doesn't have another answer. And it's not just Christ. Well, Christ. Jesus Christ. No, it's what He did. At the cross, He nailed your alcoholism to the cross. He nailed your foul mouth to the cross. All sin was nailed to the cross in Christ. And that's where we go to give our burdens to Him. That's the only place God can take them. He doesn't take them because we ask Him to take them. That's mystical and magical. God, I need you to take my burdens. If you don't know to put your faith in the cross of Christ, the death of Jesus, the burdens can't go away. And all we'll do is struggle all our lives going around the same mountain of burden and not ever having really come to the realization that all I have to do is have faith in Christ. He carries the load, and He did it all at Calvary. That's good news. God, man, if I go to Calvary, you know what, God? He'll start erasing everything. In the past, I won't have to live in yesterday's torment or, or, or the fear of a tomorrow that is not here. I can just live today by faith in Christ, fall in love with Him, trust Him, walk with Him, all based on what He did for me at Calvary. Praise God. So that's what Paul is trying to do here. Listen, the just shall live by faith, not law. And then he goes on to verse 12, and this is a powerful scripture that needs to be highlighted in everybody's Bible. He says, the law is not a faith. First he says, The just shall live by faith. And he says the law is not a faith. He's telling you don't live by the law. You know why the law only works death. Let's look at 2 Corinthians this morning. Just to put our eye bubs on uh, what the law was. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. The Bible says, For if the ministry of condemnation be glory, he's talking about the law, If the ministry of condemnation be glory, how much more does the ministry of righteousness exceed in glory? For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excels. He's talking about not the law. The law can't excel you into anything but deeper in sin. Because the law is not a faith. We're saved by grace through faith. And the Bible says the law is not a faith. That means there's no salvation in, in, in law. All the law can do is command you and then condemn you because you can't keep it. That's what the law does. And it also points you to a Savior. So the law was a ministry of condemnation. God gave the law. Again, I've already said this. God gave the law so His people could see how holy, righteous, and just He is and how sinful we are. And it would make us cry out and put our faith in the coming Redeemer. Because we can't do it. We can't even do it after we're saved. We can't do it even if we're saved without the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And this very letter to the Galatians, in, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, the Holy Spirit through Paul says, I marvel that you have removed yourself from Him. And again, this is what Christians do. This is what we did for years. We just, the sin in our lives, and, and, and we don't know how to live for God, so we're miserable, and we keep trying harder, and it just ain't working, so we quit. We're in and out, up and down, all around, washed in and out, and the devil's whooping us down, and our flesh is enjoying all of it. And, and, and all we do is, say, at the end of the day, say, well, you know, God will never leave me, and He'll never forsake me. And that's scriptural. He won't leave you and He won't forsake you, but that don't mean He's not grieved because you have removed yourself from Him. That's Galatians 1, 6 tells us, tells us that. And that's the same letter, my friends, we're studying. And Galatians 5, 1 through 4 says we can, when we move ourselves, remove ourselves from Him, we remove ourselves from the benefits the profit and the effect of Christ. So He won't just keep working because you want Him to, because you cry tears, because you beg Him to. He only works in the truth. The truth He saved you by. Faith in Christ, who is the truth, and what He did at the cross that makes Him your truth. God only works in that. Everything else is voodoo, make-believe, pretend, witchcraft, and all that stuff. It's not biblical. And that's why folks don't really like people like me trying to help them the way Paul was trying to help the people in Galatia. And I'm, and listen, the help I'm offering you comes through the Holy Spirit that worked through Paul to write to the, another church in Galatia. But we've got the same words to us. But people, again, I said it a while ago, but people will hear this. No, oh, you know, you ain't got to believe all that. God loves me enough. He just got, let me tell you, you can believe all that. God does love you. But mercy and grace is only experienced through faith in the cross. Everybody says, well, God's just merciful to everybody. No, God's mercy is on offer to everybody. But God's mercy is only experienced through the blood of Jesus. God is right now long-suffering to the whole world. He's waiting on all men and women to be born again. It's not God's desire that any should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He is waiting. He is longing. He is long-suffering. But His mercy and grace are only found through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. We don't need to forget that. When we move, when somebody comes along that, that, uh, really you honor, you respect, maybe it's been a preacher, and this is where deception comes in. Well, he's a preacher. He's been preaching 60 years. Surely he knows what he's talking about. Let me tell you, surely he probably don't. And we can't look to how long he's been doing what he's been doing. We gotta look to, is he pointing me to the sacrifice? Because if he's pointing me to do something, he's putting a law before me. Even if it's something in God's Word that I should be doing. If my faith goes into what I'm doing and not what Christ did, God can't work in that. He won't work in that. Because that's just me doing it and not the Holy Spirit through me doing it. Amen. This is good this morning. And people ought to be glad they're getting to hear it. It's only those who refuse. Faith in Christ alone, that it's not. It's also, it's faith in Christ, plus it's what you, when you add the plus what you do, you eliminate yourself from what God's going to do in your life. And I've got a Bible to prove it. And you know what? Nobody ever calls me out of the hundreds of people every week that watch my post and listen to these broadcasts. Nobody ever calls. All those that don't believe it, they don't call. You know why? Because they can't refute what God's Word is saying. It's not my opinion. It's not my thoughts. I'm giving you the Word of God. And Paul here in verse 12 says, And the law is not of faith. 
The law is not of faith. The just live by faith. But the law is not of faith. That means nobody can live by the law. Nobody lives under the law. Under the law, there's only one thing, and that's the curse. We can go back under law, and we do when we stop trusting in what God did to offer grace, which is Christ's death on the cross for our sins. I was thinking on the way to the broadcast this morning, driving from home, that you know, if, if people come to Christ to make their marriage, I'm talking about the initially, right off the, they're lost and undone on their way to hell, and they come to Christ to help to, to bless their marriage or to give them a job. They, they still have yet to come to Christ. The way we come to Christ initially, first coming to Christ, is because we won't forgiven of our sins. If that ain't how we came first, we still hadn't come. And that's what's in the church is huge today. If you'll just come to church and come to Christ, God will fix that marriage. Not until He fixes your sin problem. First, He's got to get you in the kingdom, and then He can begin to work on that marriage. Work on this. Work on that. Amen, Brother Curtis. Or, oh, me. And the law is not of faith. That means when a preacher tells you, you got Gladys, if you'll do these three things, God will deliver you from that thing that's hindering you. I just lied to you even if I didn't know it. Even if I'm crying tears with you. Even if I'm broken as you are over your bondage. I just lied to you again, even if I don't know it. Because God's not going to work in the three things I gave you to do. I place laws before you. And you left thinking, well, if I do these three things, God's going to move in my life. And that is not biblical. If I put my faith in the cross, God's going to move in my life. You know how we know that? Because the first time you ever placed faith in what Christ did at Calvary, He saved your soul. He moved right in you and nobody could tell you that you weren't saved. That's the proof we have. Because see, that was true, legitimate faith. But why? Because it was in Christ and what He did at Calvary. And Colossians 2.6 tells us, As you have therefore <coughs> received the Lord Jesus Christ, so, like so, walk ye in Him. That tells us, just like you got saved, you received Christ for the forgiveness of your sins through faith in the cross, so that is how you walk, or you're not walking with God. But listen, this is unheard of in the church today. Just anybody you go turn the TV on, turn the religious channels on, they're not going to be telling you this because they don't know it. I was a preacher for years and didn't know it. Lost my house, lost my land, my vehicles. And thank God I did for God to reduce me down to almost nothing just to get my attention to bring me back to what the Bible is really all about. It's not all about what I do. It's all about what He has done. Amen. You can get to the point where you think you can command God. That's how crazy we got. All the false doctrines out there that had seduced us and, 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 and brought us right into the doctrine of devils, we got to a point we thought we could command God with the words we speak. Listen, that's not in your Bibles. What is in your Bibles is that you better hearken to the voice of God. That's what's in our Bibles. We, man, we can get so prideful and arrogant and deceived and make things up and even try to use Scripture for it. But Jesus said Scripture's about Him. Amen. 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 And the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. If you do in the law, you can live in the law. But nobody can do the law. God said nobody can do the law. You want me to show you that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Let's turn back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, 
uh, since we're in a Bible study today, let's just look at this. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life. First of all, remember this. The Spirit of life, who is the Holy Spirit, works by a law. Not the law of the Old Covenant. Watch this. For what the law... What, what, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life, where? In Christ Jesus. That means faith in what He did at Calvary. For when you believed in Him, you were baptized into His death. Watch this. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Where did He do that? At the cross. That's where you were freed from the law of sin and death. When you placed faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary, the Spirit... The, the law of the Spirit of life set in motion in your life. And the law of the Spirit of life trumped over the law of all our doing. Because the law of the Spirit of life is in Christ Jesus alone. So watch this, verse 3. For what the law could not do. Everybody say, the law couldn't do it. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through my flesh. I couldn't, I couldn't keep the law. I can't keep the law. If anybody says they can keep the law, they're not keeping it right now because they're lying. And the law says don't lie. You can't keep the law. Let me say it again. You can't keep the law. You've even made laws you couldn't keep your own law. Much less the law of God. Watch this. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through our flesh. The law wasn't weak. It became weak through our flesh because we couldn't keep it. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. How did it happen? Through the faith of Jesus Christ. And that's the faith we live by. It's always been that faith. Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20 that the life we live right now in this flesh body, we live by the faith of the Son of God, here it comes, who loved me and gave Himself for me. See, Paul always took it back to the cross. But if we don't know that, we'll just read the Bible and we'll just read it and say, well, I feel good about myself. I read a chapter today. Glory to me. Glory to me. No, it's not about you reading a chapter today. It's about you finding Jesus in the Scriptures. Because that's who the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us. So when Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, right now. Not right now. See, the devil's lied to the church for years and said, the just shall live by faith. That means you just got in and now you have life by faith. You're no more dead. No, that means Paul said, right now, the life I'm living in this flesh, right now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Do you see that today? The grace and faith that we have today only comes through our faith in the sacrifice. And it's not a one-time deal. It's a one-time deal to get you in the kingdom. But Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. And listen, your cross is not your sickness, your bankruptcy, your this. Your cross is the one Jesus died on for you. Not talking about the wooden beam or the tree. I'm talking about the death he died. That's the only cross there is. That's the only... Jesus bore our cross, and that means we're to keep our faith in the cross every day. When grandma or kids or whoever's paying our light bill that we have to show a little respect to come along and tell us that 
Well, I hear what you're saying about the cross, but, but when they throw that butt in there, you better get back. You better get back. You better let them know. No, there are no buts. Jesus paid it all. He said it was finished. There's nothing I can do after He said it was finished to add to what's finished. All I can do now is keep my faith in what He did to finish everything I need and live in victory. I can live in victory. I didn't say I'd be perfect and I won't till I see Jesus. But I can live in victory where sin no longer dominates my life. And that's what the New Testament teaches. Hmm. Man, we can just stop right now and shout. We've already preached enough. Not really preaching, we're just teaching this morning, but this is good stuff. Christ did it all. We say that, and then we turn right around as preachers and preach law. I heard a preacher right here in our own town about seven years ago, hadn't looked at it since, hadn't watched him since, but he got up and read the Scripture. We're saved by grace through faith, and then he preached law. <laughs> the whole message, he told the story immediately after reading that Scripture in Ephesians that we're not saved by any works that we do, but we're saved by grace through faith, and that not of our works that we might glory, but that it is the gift of God. The gift of God. And he, he read that scripture and he turned right around and told a story about a preacher. And I'm not being ugly about these people because they just don't know. They just don't know. They're ignorant. I didn't say stupid. They're ignorant. That means they don't know. And we're all ignorant about whatever, but it was something. But he turned right around after reading that scripture and he told a story about a preacher who told his wife, I'm going in my prayer closet. I don't care how long I'm in there. Don't knock on the door and ask me, am I thirsty? Don't knock on the door and ask me, am I hungry? Don't knock on the door and ask me, am I okay? Uh, How much longer am I going to be? Do not knock on the door. If I don't come out for 60 days, don't knock on the door. And he was in that closet, and one day, I think after so many days, he came out, and he came out, and you know, it all looks so spiritual, you know. <laughs> and it can be. It can be. But when you come out of the closet after several days, and you tell everybody what you did, and then you say that God gave you 13 things you have to do before your life is turned around, then you, you, that ain't God you heard from. That ain't God you heard from. God's not going to tell you you've got to do 13 things to find the deliverance, the strength, and the power you need. God's got one thing He's pointing at, and that's what Jesus did at Calvary. He's not going to give you 13 things you have to do. You know why? Because you still can't do them 13 things. You can't do it. But see what I mean? The example I gave, he, he read out of the Bible, we're saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves, as we boast in works, but it's the gift of God. And then we turn right around and preach law, because we don't know. And we're not being ugly, they just don't know. But let me tell you something. We're not being ugly, but we are calling people out of that, because God is not working in what they're preaching. They're not preaching the truth. They're not teaching the truth. The truth sets men free. And the truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at the cross. Not what we, nothing you do is going to set you free. Nothing you do is, is going to sanctify you, save you. Nothing you do. And boy, that's what we can't stand to hear. That's what we hate to hear. Bless God, we got to do something. That's that, because that's what we're born into. That's what we're raised up and trained in. If you do good, we'll reward you good. Well, that's not the system of God. If you do right, 
We won't put you in jail. If you do good, we'll pay you. If you do good, you won't, I won't tear your britches up. If you do good, you know, doing good has a reward in our world. But listen, before we're born again, we can't do good in the eyes of God. Because we're under law. We're wicked. Before we're saved, we're wicked. And even the good things you do as a lost person, it may look good to me and you, but to God, it looks as wickedness. It's evil. Because the Bible says all of our righteousness, that means all of our good deeds without Him and His righteousness, is filthy rags to God. If it's not Him working it, it's filthy. So the Bible says, and the law is not of faith. He's telling these Galatians that. If they're telling you what to do to be saved, you can't find, you can't live because life only comes from faith. But the man that does them shall live in them. Nobody's ever lived in the law. Nobody's ever found life in the law. Christ, think about this. Christ is the only one who ever lived under law and grace at the same time. We can't do that. We live under law or under grace. Christ came, born of a woman, under law. Look, right in verse 4 of chapter 4, this same letter to the Galatians. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Jesus was born under the law. He was a Jewish man, under law, born of a virgin, but married. But nevertheless, He was a Jewish person. He was under the law. But look at verse 5, why He came. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Jesus lived his whole life never committing a sin. He lived his whole life under the law, obeying every jot and tittle of the law. He never had a sinful thought, a sinful word, a sinful deed. He was the perfect Lamb of God. He never committed a sin in any way, form, or fashion. That way, fulfilling all of the law, every ritual, every ceremony, every rite, he was circumcised on the eighth day. Everything the law called for in the Jewish law, he did it to a T. But the Bible also says in Hebrews 2.9 that he tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Jesus lived by grace through faith when he was under the law. He's the only man that's ever lived under the law without sin and by grace at the same time. Every other man in the Old Testament might have lived under the law, but they were sinful and needed that sacrifice. Amen, Brother Curtis. Hallelujah. So, I'm trying to move on. Y'all keep holding me up. Verse 13, the Bible says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And that was written back in the Old Testament. I've got it here. I want to give it to you today. In Deuteronomy, it's where it's found. Uh, chapter 27, verse 26. Cursed be he that confirms not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say amen. And that's not where I wanted to give you. But Habakkuk, I've already given you that. Uh, chapter 2, verse 4 is where the prophet Habakkuk said, The just shall live by faith. But I also have here in Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and 23, uh, the Bible says, And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and there, are, there were sins uh, that God gave the law to, if a man do this, he's to be stoned. If a man do this, he's to be stoned. And God was serious about His Word. God was so serious that God even killed people His own self through the ages. Well, how could a God of love? Because, listen, 
The, the problem is not with God consuming or taking somebody's life. The problem is our lack of knowledge about sin and how ugly sin is and how sin is a hatred toward God. All sin is hatred toward God. You need to understand that. Well, I, a little white lie. A little, no, all sin is a rebellion against God, a hatred toward God. I know what to do, but I ain't doing it, God. Now, we don't act like that, and we don't say that, but we do in our hearts. God sees the heart. God deals with us with our hearts. Jesus come along and proved that. He said, you know it's written that a man not commit adultery. But I tell you, see, Christ takes us deep. Christ takes us to the place where God really deals with us with the heart. If you've committed adultery, you were already guilty way back, Jesus said, when you did it in your heart. See that? God deals with us with the heart. But anyway, in Deuteronomy 21, 22, And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he is to be put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but you shall in any wise bury him that day. Because he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Now think about that, that word of the Lord that came to them. If a man commits, this is under the law. Thank God we ain't under the law. Somebody needs to shout today. We, man, I mean, come on, we got Jesus that fulfilled the law and died for our sins. Now that don't mean we can live in sin and make excuse for it, because if you're doing that, your faith really ain't in the cross. If your faith is in the cross, sin breaks your heart. Because your Savior died to forgive you and to get you out of sin. Not so you could just say, well, you know, God's grace covers my sin. No, God's grace don't cover your sin. You're saved from sin by grace and you're saved daily by grace. Grace don't just cover your sin. I've heard that all my life. That's a lie that ain't in the Bible. We're saved by grace through faith and we're kept by grace through faith. Amen. Amen. Now, where was I? Y'all made me forget. They'd commit an act, they'd hang them on a tree, and they'd die, and they couldn't leave them all night. Now watch this, it confirms something I said earlier about our bodies and sin in our lives affecting even uh, the earth, or our bodies, or the relationships we're in. Watch this, his body, verse 23, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but you shall in any wise bury him that day, because he that is hanged is accursed of God. That your land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God gave you for an inheritance. If God's given you something for an inheritance, and He's given us Christ for our inheritance, He's given us eternal life, listen, sin and blatant refusal to serve God, which is sin, anything that's contrary to the Word of God is sin, if our faith is anything other than the cross, that's sin in and of itself. And it affects our bodies. It even affects our, our world. One of the, in the Old Testament, in Second Chronicles, I believe it is, the Lord says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, call on me, repent from their sins, then will I hear, repent from their sins, God's people, then I'll hear from heaven and heal their land. See, sin in our lives affects way more than what I what I, I think it just affects. Well, you know, it didn't cause too much. Oh, yes, it's causing a lot. Just because you can't see it. Remember, God told Adam and Eve, or Adam rather, in the don't eat off that tree. In the day you eat of that tree, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to die. 
Well, he didn't fall, collapse dead when he ate off that tree, but he died spiritually, and several years later, he died physically, which was not supposed to happen. Wasn't God's intention. So sin in our life, we're to take it to Jesus. We're to take it by faith and give it to God through faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. It's the only place we can be forgiven. We're not given just, forgiven just because we ask to be forgiven. Lots of people are asking to be forgiven, but if their faith is not in, in the avenue by which God forgives, where is forgiveness? It doesn't just work because we say, well, God forgive me. No, if my faith is in what God gave me, His Son, so I could be forgiven, experience the newness of life again today through Christ dying to forgive me. Do you understand that? I hope you do. I hope you're not getting mad. Because if you are, it's because you've been brainwashed like I was years ago by many other false teachers today who've been seduced and teaching things contrary to the Word of God. You see, the, the focus is always Christ and what He did. The Old Testament saints had to look forward to a sacrifice. You and I look back to it. Jesus proved that when He said, if you're going to come after Me, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow Me. See, even after the sacrifice, it's still the object of faith. You, you know in the thousand-year millennium, you'll find this in the Bible, in the thousand-year reign of Christ, it's coming soon, they're going, to start, they're going to start sacrificing animals again. Why? Because the point and the focus is always, throughout all eternity, going to be Christ, the Lamb of God. It won't be for salvation. It will be for a remembrance of that man who's sitting on that throne over in that literal Jerusalem right now is the King of kings and Lord and lords. And the reason he's there and the reason he's worthy of all your worship and all your praise is because he died for your sins. That's coming soon to a theater near you. And it's not going to be a movie. It's going to be reality. Amen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why go back to what He redeemed you from? Why go back to the law? He, he, you know, God's not working under the law. God will only do one thing under the law, and that's reach in there and pull you out under grace. But He only does that through your faith in the cross. Because the avenue of His death is the only avenue by which grace comes. That's it. These people, these people thought their righteousness and God's grace was going to come based on what they do. Them continuing to be circumcised. Them continuing to only worship or only, only, uh, you know, have the Sabbath day or, or all these things, which they couldn't keep in the first place. You can't do it. You can't do it. Jesus did it. We can't do it. Jesus did it. Come on, let's be cheerleaders. We can't do it. Jesus did it. That's all we really are, cheerleaders pointing to Jesus and what He did. He's the focus. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Hmm. Look at verse 23. We'll jump ahead. I mean, we're not skipping nothing. We'll go back. But I want to show you something this morning before we got about six minutes. I want to show you. Verse 22 But the Scripture has concluded all under sin. Why? Because nobody's kept the law. If you can't keep the law, you're a sinner, and there's not one person that's ever kept the law. If you've ever told a lie, you're guilty of all. You're guilty. If, you, if, you've, if you've committed murder, and you have, Jesus said, if you've hated somebody. Because remember, it's not the act. You're already guilty from the heart. 
So watch this, verse 22. But the Scripture, that means the Word of God, has concluded all unto sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Not work for it, not think they deserve it, them that believe. It's only believing, not working for it. If you Listen, those that are under law think they have to work for something to get something from God. You know what that says in the back of our minds? That God owes me something. God never owes humanity anything. Humanity owes Him everything. Think about that. Verse 23, But before faith came, what faith? Back up to verse 22, the faith of Jesus Christ. Remember, He's the only one that's lived by faith perfectly. He's the only one that lived by grace through faith. Watch this. But before faith came, that means before Christ came, we were kept under the law. Couldn't get out. Trapped. Every sinner, every lost person who's never been born again, they're under law. Whether they're Jewish or they're Gentile, you're under the law. And if you don't agree with that, just make a note. Look at Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, concerning us Gentiles outside the Abrahamic lineage. Even us Gentiles prove the law is in our hearts because we, what does it say? We excuse or accuse each other of what's right and what's wrong. If, if Gladys is doing something that's wrong, but I'm benefiting from it, I'll excuse it. But boy, when I get mad at Gladys... Because she ain't benefiting me no more by doing that thing that's wrong. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to accuse her now. That's the proof the law is in our hearts. That's Romans 2, 14 and 15 for those of you that are taking notes. Watch this, verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law, look at verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. To bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. The law, the way the law brings us to Christ is because the law presents us with commands we can't keep. Therefore declares we're guilty. Well, how am I going to make it? Oh, there's Christ. He did it. He did it. He's my Redeemer. That's why we praise Him and worship Him. That's why we go to church. That's why we study the Word, give tithes and offerings, fast and pray. That's why we're found in these things, the Holy Spirit leading us to these things, because we're already redeemed, not to be redeemed. Hallelujah. That's good news. Glory to God. I'm not working to be saved. I'm working because I am saved. And that's the whole message of this whole letter to the Galatians. If you go back, you're already saved. But if you go back under the law to live saved, it can't work because the law is not of faith. And the just live by faith. See how simple that is. But you know what? We're so hard-headed and hard and stubborn. We'll say, I see that, but you don't understand, Curtis, what it means. You still have to get circumcised. There are people online. Somebody showed me on Facebook the other day. Somebody talking about, you can't say Jesus. you got to say Yeshua. It's that Hebraic Roots movement where they're going back and getting involved in all the ceremonies. Why go back under the law when Jesus fulfilled the law? Jesus is my Sabbath day. Jesus is my Sabbath. I ain't got to do any... The Bible, New Testament, tells us not to let any man judge us based on any day. 
Praise God. Jesus is my freedom. Jesus is my redemption. Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is why I want to go to heaven. Not because Daddy's there. Praise God for that. But the reason I want to go to heaven is because Jesus is there. He's the one that makes heaven what it is. And you know what they're singing in heaven right now? Not worthy is the man that walked on the water. Not worthy is the man that healed the sick. But worthy is the Lamb that was slain. So the focus in heaven better be the focus in the church today. Day, or we're out of focus and distracted. Amen? Right. Praise God. Amen. So you see that. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be what? Justified by faith. The law, and again, I'm closing right now. The law is not just speaking in the Bible, the New Testament, of the Ten Commandments and the rites and rituals and ceremonies of Israel. It's speaking of anything that anybody, even yourself, tells you, if I'll just do this thing, then God will save me or God will sanctify me. That's law, my friend. Jesus did it all. And He will continue to work that salvation in and through you if you keep your faith in what in what allowed Him to begin the work in you. Praise God. Well, we're out of time. I know you're shouting amen. Share this message on social media. Don't just like it. That's for you. Sharing means you're a part of getting it out there. God bless you. We love you. See you next week. And until next week, stay determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified.